Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Once again, welcome to Bethesda Church. Last week, we kicked off a series called Unveiled. And uh, in this series, we're talking about worship. Everybody say worship. I was so excited to kick that series off uh, for a lot of reasons. I love the topic of worship, and I truly believe worship is a powerful tool that God has given us to live in His presence. And I was pumped up, but even more pumped up after we preached week one. We had more feedback from that message than anything we've done all year long. So many people responded to that message specifically. And I just believe it's because worship is something that we're called to do. And it's it's a way for us to live in God's presence. Um, and the only thing that I would say about worship is that we have to be careful that we never make worship about us. We get in a danger zone when we start making it about our likes, our dislikes, our styles that we connect to or we don't connect to. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what song is being sung, what style that song is in, whether it's hip-hop or country. How many know at the end of the day, our, our response should be worship regardless? That, that we are here to connect with God, to lift him up, and, and whether we connect to a song or not, we should connect to our Heavenly Father, and at the end of the day, God is still worthy of our worship, right? He's done enough already that if he never does anything else in my life, he's done enough for me to come with a praise already in my mouth. Oh, I'm already preaching, I'm telling you. I'm excited, and we learned last week because Satan was, was the worship leader, right? And he had built into him the three categories of instrument was built into his person. The problem was is that his beauty and his talent went to his head to the point that God, God realized that he was trying to take the attention off of God. He was trying to take the worship from God for himself, and so he was expelled from heaven, and you and I have become his replacement, and God has also given us the three categories of instrument with our lungs and our vocal cords and even our hands in percussion that we can worship God in spirit and in truth, and so any attempt to take the attention away from God is, is where we become a tool of the enemy. We have to make sure that worship is always about him and, and him being worthy, not about us. And so I want to take a few minutes this morning. It's going to be a little bit different. I'm not going to preach long. Some of y'all are going to be real excited because I only have two points. How I know it's a miracle. It's a miracle. Yeah, we sung about it. I only have two points that I'm going to make today in this message that we're calling Love Expressed, all right? That's going to be the title, and I'm going to give you two points, and we'll get to those in just a second. But I want you to know that you are a worshiper. Even if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you're a worshiper. The question is not, am I a worshiper? The question is, who or what am I worshiping? And I want to make a couple of strong statements here to make sure that we're on the same page. Worship is not just singing. So many people think that worship is just songs. It's just singing unto God. And, and, and here's what you need to know. People can sing 
and not worship. We've all done it. I've done it. How many's ever sung the songs, but your mind and heart was somewhere else? Right? That's not worship. Right? We can be singing the song and our heart not be in it, our mind not be in it. And the other thing I would tell you is that worship is not just exalting God. We think worship is, is exalting God, and we kind of limit it to that. But it's more than just exalting God. It's part of worship. But God did not create you just to exalt him. And we learned last week that, that the angels are exalting God right now. How many of you understand angels are worshiping now? Whether you worship or not, there are angels that are worshiping God. And by the way, there are lots of angels How do I know that? Well, Scripture says that God has given his angels charge over us as individuals. And and, and here's the deal. Seven billion people are on the earth. How many know that's going to take a lot of angels to have charge over seven billion people? And so I know that one-third fell, but two-thirds stayed, right? So there's a lot of worship going on. Jesus even made this statement from the cross. He said, I could ask the Father, and he would send more than 12 legion of angels, and, and one legion, 6,000. So he was saying God could send, the Father could send more than 72,000 angels in a moment's notice to get me out of what I'm going through. He said, I could do that. And so there are a lot of angels. And the point is, angels are worshiping God. And they were worshiping God in the beginning. They're worshiping God now. And Revelation says they're going to be worshiping in the future. And so the point is, is that you and I were created different than the angels. How many of we're not the same as angels? Two of you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Right? We're not the same. We were created higher than the angels because the angels were sent to minister to us. All right? Angels were not created to receive and give God love, but you were. Angels are not recipients of God's love, but you are. All right? So that, that's a separation, that, that we are not the same as angels. And so I want to encourage you this morning that worship is about love And it's about expressing your love. And the first point of two points today, number one, worship is, this is the definition, worship is love expressed. Actually, that's not point one, is it? That's the definition. Worship is love expressed. A.W. Tozer, in his writings of whatever happened to worship, he said this, if God knows that your intention is to worship him, With every part of your being, he has promised to cooperate with you. On his side are love, grace, the promises of God and the atonement, the constant help and the presence of the Holy Spirit. On our side is determination, seeking, yielding, believing. There really is no argument. We know what God wants. He wants us to be worshipers. Now, why why does God want us to be worshipers? Because we were created to receive God's love, but we were also created to give God love from us. That we were created to love him back. So point number one of two points, worship is love. Everybody say that. Worship 
is love, all right? That, that's what worship is. It is love that, that we give back to God. God commands us in Scripture to love him. All throughout Scripture, you can go back to the, to the Old Testament, and you will see a command from God that we love him. Now, that's shocking to a lot of people because they think if it's love, why would he command it? Well, the reason he would command it is because God knows that love is a choice, Right? That, that you, nobody's going to really make you do it. You have to make the right choice. And God is, is hopeful that you will make the right choice as it relates to loving him. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse number 1. It says, love the Lord your God and keep his requirements, his decrees, his laws, and his commands always. Verse 13 says, so if you faithfully obey the commands I am giving you today to love the Lord your God, to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Now, that's Old Testament. We see that loving God is important. And, and in the New Testament, loving God is confirmed. And the reason that's important is because it's not confirmed by just anyone. It's confirmed by Jesus. Jesus confirms this Old Testament passage. He's not quoting Deuteronomy 11, but he is quoting Deuteronomy chapter 6. And we find it in Matthew 22. Here's what Jesus said in response to somebody asking him a question. It says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And so a lot of, we are commanded to love God, and a lot of people, they make loving God complicated. And, and, and really, loving God is not complicated. It's simple. Come on, hit your neighbor and tell them it's simple. All right? We, we can complicate. How many know the church can complicate the things of God? If we're not careful, we can make, it, make people feel like they'll never figure this out. But it's not complicated. God did not make it hard. And, and one of the ways that we know that is that when we get saved, check this out. I don't care what kind of sinner you were, how many bad things you did. The moment you meet Jesus, he fills your heart with his love. And not only does he fill your heart with his love, he gives you the ability to love him back. It's very powerful because we're not loving God in our own strength, in our own heart. Scripture says that God takes the heart of stone, that hardened heart. He takes it out and he gives us a heart of flesh, a heart that is sensitive to the voice of God, which means that when you come into a relationship with Christ, your heart is filled with love, you are sensitive to God's voice, and you have the ability to love God back. Religion says it's impossible. Come on, hit your neighbor and say, your heart's full of love. Come on, hit him back and say, start acting like it. You already got what you need. God's already given you what you need to love him. And, and so Deuteronomy 36 says this. It says, your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants. That's really, you ought to claim that over your family. Not only will he circumcise your heart, but he will, do, he will do that for your descendants. Why does God do that? So that you may love him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and all your life, all the days that you live. God is saying, I will do a work in your heart. I will make it possible for you to love me. And he says, I'm doing it for your benefit, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this work in your heart so that you can love me. How many of you have ever looked at somebody and you looked at their life and you thought, I wish that I love God as much as them. Come on, have you ever looked at somebody like that and you're like, I wish I loved God 
as much as they do. And I think we, we look at that and we, we need to understand and don't, don't say that I lied to you because I didn't lie to you. These are subpoints, not points, all right? I have two subpoints right here. The first one that I'm going to give you, y'all are like, yeah, he's a liar. All right. The first subpoint is love leaks. Love leaks. And, and what I mean by that, when you get saved, your heart is full of love. God gives you a new heart, fills you with his love. And, but Scripture says that in the last days, the love of many will, will wax cold. That they, they'll have love, but for some reason they lose their love. And, and so what that means is, it's is just like marriage. How many know in marriage you stand at an altar and you tell them, um, for better or for worse, right? We make that declaration. The problem is, is that when it gets worse, we get mad. Love starts to leak. Am I making sense in here? Love starts to leak when things get worse. From a spiritual point of view, Ephesians 6 says that the enemy throws fiery darts at us. Now, sometimes those fiery darts are temptation or, 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 or things that we're up against or challenges. But what I have learned about the fiery darts for a lot of people, they're at, at one time they're on fire for God. They're in love for, with God. They got, a, they got a song on their lips. They got worship in their hearts. And, but then you see them sometime later, and, and they don't have the same passion, the same fire, the same love. It's because that those fiery darts that the enemy throws at us many times have to do with hurt offenses, rejection, bitterness. And, and what happens is, is that the enemy wants to throw those darts at us. And if we receive those darts, what happens is it puts holes in our heart spiritually and God's love starts to leak out. Does that make sense? And so we have to ask from time to time. There have been times that I've, I've because of what I was going through, the love of God had leaked out. I didn't have the same love that I'd had before. And so we have to be honest with God and ask ourselves, do we have any holes in our heart? Do we have any place in our heart that needs healed so that we can move forward in the love of God? So love leaks, but also love grows. All right, love grows. Sub point number two, love grows. And the best way I can illustrate this for you is that when how many parents do I have in the house? Wave at me. Where's my parents? All right, we got tons of parents. The best way I can illustrate this to you is through your children. On the day that baby boy, baby girl is born, how many know at that moment you said, there's no way I could love this child anymore? And we really mean that, right? We really mean that. We, we, like, there is no way. But how many know over time your love literally grows? Like, you can't really explain. Now, there's seasons you don't like them, but you love them, right? <laughs> Come on, somebody. But your love for them over time, it grows. And, and, and so love leaks, but love also grows. And we know that worship is love. And point number two, I'm getting there quickly. Worship is expressed. Now, this is where it gets tough because a lot of people don't understand that worship is a verb. That if it's really love, if it's not expressed, it's not worship. All throughout Scripture, when you see worship, it's not a noun, it's a verb. It's something I'm actively doing. We don't simply worship God in our heart. We, we don't just internalize it or ponder worship, but we, we, we engage in worship. 
We, we, it's something, it, it's, it's involved in the things that I say and the way that I live. And I think in church sometimes we make worship a noun. Like we're going to gather together and worship or we're, we're going to worship. Like almost like it's just a place we're going instead of something that we're doing. And sometimes in church services, have you ever been in a church service where it looks like what's happening on the platform is completely different than what's happening in the seats? You know what I'm talking. They're jumping and praising the Lord, and, and they're all fired up up here, and you look out there, and everybody's like. <laughs> right? Like, how much longer are they going to sing? I'm here for 60, 70 minutes, but I, I don't want to sing all day, right? You have people that, that feel that way. And I think a lot of times it's because we don't have an understanding that worship is something that has to be expressed. And I, I can't, you know, some people will come, and I've even had people say, well, Pastor, I love coming to ch- your church because I like watching the people. <laughs> what? Yeah, they sit back, and they're like, I'm observing everybody's praise. I'm just watching them. Cl- I get a blessing from watching them. <laughs> come on, you all been guilty of it, right? <laughs> like, we, we've come and we, we watch other people engage in worship. We watch them clap. We watch them sing. We watch them lift their hands. And, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with spectating, all right? Well, okay, well, just, just listen for a second. There's nothing wrong with observing. I get blessed watching people worship too. The problem is, is when I'm spectating but not worshiping. Every once in a while, it's cool to look up and say, man, she's really getting it, right? But I'm going to get my praise on too, okay? As long as we continue to worship, there's really nothing wrong with that. And so worship is not something we look at. It's an activity, and worship is something that we are called to do. And, and what I would say to you is that you can love God in your heart, and, and I know many of you are like, I, I'm, I'm worshiping in my heart. I, I just love him in my heart. I, I love him with all that I, that I am. But, but I want to encourage you, it's not worship until it's expressed. It's not worship until something is spoken, something, a behavior has, has changed, there, it, that, that we have to express worship, not just do it internally. And, and I know that many of you are like, oh, I just, I, I can do it in my heart. No, there is, some, I can't explain this, guys, but there is something powerful about clapping your hands. There is something powerful about a hand going up. There is something powerful that I can't explain about somebody lifting their voice and saying hallelujah or Father, I love you. There is something powerful about worship that is expressed. And so it's initiated in us, but it doesn't become worship until we express it. It's kind of like this. My kids, like I have four kids. I know you think I'm crazy, but I do have four kids. And, and my two oldest boys, they're kind of at that age, at 8 and 10 now, that every once in a while when I, when I stop them and say, I love you. Okay, the father speaking over his sons, I love you. Every once in a while now, they'll go, okay. <laughs> Wrong answer, boy. <laughs> Wrong answer. Let's try that again. I love you. That's great, Dad. Wrong answer again. You're not too cool to tell me you love me too. 
See, what you got to understand is, is that the Father has pronounced over you His love for you. He's crazy about you. And so many times we come into His presence and God pronounces over us, He loves us, and we're like, thank you, Dad. How many know that's not the answer God's looking for? God is looking for some people that say, thank you for your love, God, but I want you to know today that I'm going to worship and express my love to you by telling you how much I love you. I'm going to raise my hands. I'm going to lift my voice. I'll dance if I need to. Father, I'm going to communicate back to you that I also love you. See, it's, it, 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 when you think about it in terms of speaking to your children and telling them you love, love them, but they never express it back. I mean, we got a problem. Like, boys, I don't care if you're 42. When I say I love you, you're going to say it back. (laughs) That's how it works. I want the love communicated back to me, and that's how worship works. It's kind of like the guys, uh, you met the guys, like, that talk about their wedding day, and they're like, yeah, I told my wife that day I loved her, and I told her also that if it changes, I'll let her know. Yeah, you're setting your marriage up for wonderful things, buddy. (laughs) Wonderful things. No, you have to communicate it. It's not love if it's just remaining in your heart. It needs to be expressed. See, when God created Adam and Eve and placed them in the garden, they were able to walk with him, talk with him, communicate with him. Scripture says they walked with him in in the cool of the day. They had an intimate relationship with God until sin entered the picture. And we know that sin changed everything. But there's an interesting scripture in, in Genesis chapter 4, and I've never preached this scripture, all right? Never. never. All the years I've been preaching since 2000, all right? 17 years later, I've not talked about this guy that I'm going to talk about for a couple minutes. Genesis 4, 25 and 26, it says, Adam made love to his wife again, and she gave birth to a son named him Seth, saying, God has granted me another child in place of Abel since Cain killed him. Seth also had a son, and he named him Enish. At that time, I want you to get this last part. At that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. The New Living Translation says, At that time, people first began to worship the Lord by name. Now, what you got to picture is Adam and Eve were worshiping God. They had communion with God. It was beautiful. Sin entered into the picture, and from that time up until Genesis 4, 26, man never initiated another conversation. All the conversations were, were initiated by God himself. Like, he, he, he showed up in the garden, and he said, Adam, where are you? Did you eat of the tree I told you not to eat of? Who told you? that you were naked. All these are questions from God. Cain, where's your brother? It's all God. God is doing all the talking. God is doing all the, the, the conversation. He's initiating everything. But we come to this verse where it says that Enish, during his lifetime, man began to call on the name of the Lord again. Man began to worship again. And this, this really caught my attention because there was a lot of years from Adam and Eve's sin to this point. And the reason I know that is they lived to be 900 years old back then. When you study the scriptures, I mean, you look at, uh, at, at Cain. and a- Cain lived like 900 years, Seth did, and then Enish did as well. So a lot of years had gone by and man had not communicated back to God until Genesis 4, 26. And at that time, man began to worship the Lord by name again. 
And so something happened in Enish's life that caused people to worship again. And that, man, it bothered me for a little bit because I thought, what in the world happened that caused man to worship again? What is it that, that, that initiated this conversation from us back to God? And so as I looked at it, I honestly, I'll, I'll be honest, I couldn't figure it out. Couldn't, still don't really know other than this one point that I picked up on when I looked up the name Enish in the Hebrew. His name simply means man or masculine. All right? So everybody say masculine. With that being said, can I talk to the men? Nope, men don't want to be talked to. Let me speak to the men. Because I have a heart for men to worship God. How many of it's powerful when a man worships? Like really, like because most of us grew up in church and even in this church. How many women don't usually have problems worshiping? Come on, lady. Let's give the ladies a hand right now. Amen. They know how to do it. It's the men that struggle. And so I, I, I began to look at this and, and, and I began to think about the fact that how many know that women express their love much easier than men? And that's not just something we know. They've proven it scientifically. Women express their love easier than men do. Women learn and communicate by listening and by talking. And all the ladies is like, duh, that's the only way to do it, right? <laughs> but the men, we're different, y'all. We learn and we communicate not by talking and listening, but by watching and doing. Think about this for, for, for just a moment. Jesus spent three and a half years with 12 men. And what was, what was he constantly telling them? Watch what I do, and then you go do it. Because we're not bright enough just to get an instruction, apparently. Watch me. It's like a five-year-old. Watch me, honey. Right? Now you go do it. And, and you might say, no, 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 he taught him in parables. Why did he teach in parables? When he taught in parables, it was because women were present. And we know that the disciples struggled with the parables because after every parable, what did they say? What did that mean? <laughs> they needed further instruction. What are you talking about? We like the watch and do. When you talk, we don't really know what's going on. And so the women, they got it. They didn't have any questions. They were able to run with that. See, what we have to understand about men is men do things together. Women talk, men do things. And what I mean by that, men can go on a golf outing, a fishing trip, a hunting trip, and communicate five words the whole time and come home and feel closer. Because we do stuff together, right? And, and, and so ladies, when they get home from a day of golf and fishing or hunting, you ask them, what y'all talk about? You're going to get it every time. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. And they ain't lying. Guys don't have to talk to feel closer. They can hang out and automatically feel closer even, and this frustrates women because women want to listen and to talk. And I'm going to help the ladies. When he comes home from one of those trips, don't ask him what he talked about. Ask him what he did. 
And I promise you, he won't shut up. He's got a lot to say about that. And men, let's not ask the women what they did. Let's ask them what they talked about. Now, I'm going to warn you. (laughs) You better have some time when you ask that question. You're going to need at least an hour. Minimum. Men are different. And we know that scientifically. Men do talk, but men talk about things that they're passionate about. And so as the worship team comes to close down, we're going to have a time of worship in a few minutes. But I I, I just want to ask the men, are you passionate about God? Because if you're passionate about God, that will be expressed in worship. And here's the thing you got to understand. There's something God has put on men. It's not, you, you just got to, just, just grab this, all right? Don't, don't overanalyze it. Just grab it. Okay, men, there are statistics that show when the wife of a home gives her life to Christ, 20% of the time, 20% of the time, the whole family gets saved. 20% of the time. Okay? You know what happens when the man gets saved? 85% of the time, the whole house gets saved. Don't overthink it. Don't overanalyze it. God has put something on men that we are to lead and to go first. And I think it's high time that the men of God stand up and not be afraid to express their love for a father who laid his life down for us. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet and let's give God a praise today. Come on. Come on, put your hands together. Come on, give God a praise in the house today. Amen. Now, I preached really short. All right? This is really short. But I did it on purpose. Because I feel like today is a day where we need to do what we've just heard. That we express our love for God. And I just want to ask you in this moment, would you go ahead and bow your heads with me for just a minute? Close your eyes. No one looking around. I want you to take this message. Men, I'm going to speak to you. Ladies, I'm speaking to you as well. But what is the Holy Spirit saying to you right now? What is the Holy Spirit saying? What's He saying to you? Make it personal. We just talked about worship and that it's love expressed. What what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Just take a second. Just make it personal. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And as you're praying and as as heads are bowed, eyes are closed, I want to ask that person that's here today and you're not in a relationship with Jesus Christ or you're watching online and you're not in a relationship with Jesus Christ, we want to give you an opportunity to invite Jesus into your heart and into your life. We want to give you that opportunity today. So if that's you, say, Pastor, I need His forgiveness and His grace today. I want to know Jesus as my Savior. If that's you, will you just throw your hand up right there where you are? say that's me pastor anyone at all just throw it up high enough for me to see it if you're here if you're watching online there's people prepared to pray with you as well anyone at all you say that's me pastor I need his grace I need his forgiveness today anyone at all man we're going to do something a little bit different I ended short on purpose because we got a small worship set we're going to do a couple of songs 
And here's what I want you to do. Some, some of you men, y'all can look at me now. You can look. All right. Don't close your eyes anymore. Look at me for just a second. You've been here hanging around for a little while, maybe a few weeks, a few months, and you've been watching others worship, and you've been saying to yourself, one of these days I'm going to get a hand up. One of these days I'm going to lift up my voice. One of these days I'm going to tell God I love him out loud. Well, here, here's the deal. Today's your opportunity. The lights are down low. You know why we turn the lights down low? So you'll ignore the people beside you. You say, why is it dark in here? Because we want you to focus on Jesus, not on the person sitting next to you. Why is it loud? Because we want you to be able to sing loud and not hear yourself. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You don't want to hear me sing. It's terrible. So we're going to take the next few minutes, and, and during these couple of songs, what I want you to do is just express your love in, in your own way can be lifting your hands, lifting your voice, just telling the Father that you love Him. But I want to encourage you that wherever you've been in worship, wherever you've been, kind of wherever you've landed, you're com- how many, we all have a comfort zone. We all have a place that we're, we got a sweet spot. Like, I'm good there. And some of it's like this. That's about it. That's all we got. I'm going to encourage you to take one step beyond that. No, I'm not asking you to go crazy and run through a wall. Because we'll have to fix that. But I am asking you that wherever you are, take your next step. Maybe you've never lifted your hand, and today, man, that one hand going up. What if God were to heal you as you worshiped? What if God were to meet you right there where you are in a powerful way like never before? So what we're going to do, we're going to worship for a couple of songs. I'll come back after the two songs and, and turn us loose. But here's what I want us to do. Express your love. Take it to the next level, whatever that looks like for you. And during this time, if you need prayer, uh, our prayer team and staff, they're up front. Come on, you guys move forward. and we'll, we'll be here. We'll be ready to pray for you during this worship time. But let's worship God together. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.